Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Stimming in Stilettos. As usual, you guys, you know I bring you the best. So our guest today is Dr. Candace Holmes. I'm really excited to begin this conversation. Um, but first, I do want to remind you guys that I do have um, a book out. It's called, it's called ABC Engineering, and um, I'm really super excited about this. And so you can pre-order it now on Amazon. You can just go to ABC Engineering and it will pull it up. Pre-orders available until um, November the 17th. After that, you can just order the book. Um, it's, about, it's, it's about teaching kids engineering terms um, by, and their letters at the same time. It's really a simple concept. I'm really excited about it. Um, so please help support me now to our guests. Oh, Dr. Holmes, how are you today? Good morning, I'm doing well. I'm so proud of you for writing that book. I saw that the other day and I'm like, oh yes, love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. I, um, again, I'm really super excited. Um, but today is about you. It's about you telling your story. Um, and as I uh, do with every single guest we have on the show, it's, it's now time for you to tell us your STEM story. Let's see, I was in the sixth grade and uh, Miss Nelson was my teacher. And I remember that um, I'm from Detroit, so Michigan. And she told us that her brother um, ran into a deer. So in Michigan, you're supposed to run into the deers. You don't avoid them because you will kill yourself. So he hit the deer, he didn't want to, but he hit the, it was the him the, door, the deer, so he hit the deer. And uh, Miss Nelson brought the deer heart into school for us. She was our science teacher. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like awesome. Like a deer heart is an actual deer heart. And I was like, wow, you know? And so um, that's my first inkling. I was like, hmm, this is pretty cool. Science is pretty nice. Um, then I went on to high school and I had Miss um, Davis and she was my biology teacher. And she um, noticed that I had dark circles under my eyes and she was like, you need more iron in your diet. And I'm like, I do, you know, green leafy vegetables, eat a lot of green leafy vegetables. So from then on out, I've been eating a lot of spinach. And then she uh, had us find out what our blood type was. And I was like, wow, you can just like, prick your finger and then do something and find out, wow. So that was my whole um, STEM story. And she is African-American and um, I figured if she could do it, I could do it. Right. And um, I had one more, my mentor, I'm a, my doctor is in chiropractic. And so my mentor is a five foot two, um, just fantastic woman. And in chiropractic, before you get in there, you're thinking that it's all about strength. And so my whole thought pattern was, well, if she can do it, I can do it. I'm five, four. And, um, I later came to find out that it's about finesse, um, and, uh, positioning as opposed to strength. Um, but just having those mentors, all female, two of them, um, women of color really inspired me to uh, pursue a science uh, career. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so, Okay, so going back to elementary school um, just a bit, or or your K-12, um, your K-12 career. 
So that 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 dear heart. So here's a, here's a here's a funny story. Not even a funny story, okay. but I always tell people the first time um, I had an accident that involved an animal, it was a deer. Um, mm. But I always say that the deer hit my car. <laughs> of course, of course. And but that they're they're wild, you know. Right. It's like because I, I mean, it was like you saw me coming, you saw me coming, and you decided to go. Yeah. yeah. So, you just can't reason with them. Uh, I mean, understand. you know, I'm, that's all I'm saying. I just want that to be on the record. <laughs> just to be clear. Just to be clear. <laughs> so you saw me coming and you decided that this is what you were going to do. Okay. So that was the result of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so was that, so what class was that? Was that biology class? Um, that, uh, well, in elementary, it was just called science. Just yes, called science class. Science. Okay. Just science. Mm -hmm. So when you were when you got to high school, was that your favorite? Was bi biology your favorite class? Oh my gosh, she's still I still keep in touch with her. Um, and uh, she had a medical careers club uh, at the school, and so I joined the medical careers club, and we were able to go to the local college um, to the cadaver lab. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually get to put some gloves on and put my hands <laughs> in a human and touch a human heart and you know small intestines and all that I'm just so excited and the boys in the, in the club are over there gagging and, and regurgitating and I'm just like hey this is like cool you know and I'm like wait a minute why y'all out like, here getting sick that's just like this is fun like this is what we're supposed to be doing this is fantastic so I just knew that was that was it I was like oh yes I like this I like this <laughs> so you found your love early <laughs> yes so. yes it's gonna be something in, in the healthcare field for sure that's that's that was where I was um the most interested for sure and, and kept, kept my interest and it seemed like fun to me so wow okay so when did, where did you end up going to college i went to xavier university in louisiana um my parents are both uh xavier graduates xavier is number one in placing african-americans in medical school and so at that time i wanted to go to medical school so i was like you know what it's hbcu so that's check number one and number two they actually have the field that i want to go into and they're excelling in it check number two so I went to visit and um, I was hooked. It was the best experience I've, I've, I've had. I'm just so thankful that I went to HBCU and undergrad. It, it, I was going to leave uh, after my freshman year. Um, a lot of my friends freshman year were going to leave too because, you know, it's a smaller school and there's some rules and, you know, a lot of my friends were not happy with the rules and I thought I was going to leave too. And I came to find out that, um, well, let me tell you this, my um, biology professor who was the head of the um, um, biology department called me into his office like I didn't tell him I was leaving but somebody did this <laughs> and he said Candace he said um what's this I hear that you're they're going to leave I said well I gave him some excuse you know and he said uh we need you you're going to be a doctor we need you you know what what, what can we do to support you because you know we, we need you here and I was like wow if I was at a predominantly white college nobody would take me into their office and encourage me and, and just to make sure that everything was okay that and he knew me by name I was a number he's like and somebody told him somebody cared enough to tell him and so then later i came to find out that it wasn't school that i didn't like i didn't like living in the dorm with young ladies who didn't know how to take care of themselves mm. that was my issue once i moved off campus everything was fine <laughs> everything was fine yes yes so um just thankful to, to have that environment where you know they pushed you and encouraged you and everybody looked the same you know it's like oh i i okay being from detroit i had a bit of a um I, th I thought that people who are, were in the South weren't smart because they had that strong accent. And 
uh, I got to Xavier and boy, it was the most those smartest people in the class. I was like, wow, they sound different. They go, woo, woo, they are kicking my behind, you know, in this in this category. So um, in those subjects, so it was a, an eye opener and um, loved it, loved it. So um, yeah, so I just think that that's interesting in a in a couple of different ways. One. Um, I did not go to an HBCU, so I did not have that experience. Um, it was quite different going to a PWI. I often um, think about if I had gone to an HBCU, and it's nice to hear stories about the level um, and the personalization of the support that you receive at one. So um, thank you. Oh, my gosh. For oh my gosh. I, I, I went back home um, when I was in chiropractic school. And um, I was getting my hair washed. I called my friend because I didn't know, you know, who to go to anymore because I no longer lived in Detroit. And so she sent me to her hairstylist and the young ladies washing my hair. And these, some young ladies just look, I don't know how old they are just by looking at it. I can't tell if you're in high school, college, I can't tell. So she's washing my hair and I said, you know, what school are you in? She said, Michigan State. And I said, oh, okay, what are you studying? She said, pre-med. I turned around, my hair was wet and everything. I said, why aren't you a savior? And she said, she just got flat. She just got stunned. She was like, uh, I said, Xavier's number one in placing African-Americans in medical school. And I just going through all the attributes of it. And um, I said, look, I said, what's your email address? And it was back in, I don't know, 90, early 90s, um, mid 90s. And um, she gave me her email address. And so I sent her the information. And then my friend called me up probably a couple months later. She said, you know what? She said, uh, she's transferring to Xavier. I'm like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's night and day. I, I One of the things that... Um, What's in the back of my mind, you, you, you think and you hear people say that education that you receive, the education that you receive in HBCU is inferior to those of a PWI. So when I went to life in uh, Marietta, Georgia, that's the chiropractic school, I, um, <laughs> first of all, I met a young man and he said, um, oh, where did you get your prerequisites for, from? I said, uh, excuse me, I have a bachelor's from, you know, State University, like, and this is a Caucasian guy. And I'm thinking, okay, so you're automatically thinking that I, I have less than you. I'm going to ask you, you had less than me. And then um, I got in class and, you know, the professor was asking, uh, you know, was, was um, providing the lesson. And then um, a Caucasian guy asked a question. And I'm thinking to myself, um, I learned that freshman year at Xavier. Like, you don't know that? You know? And so I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know? I was like, wow. I got this. I got so, this. <laughs> yes, I, I was so thankful because it's, it's, it's in, the, it's in the, the small, you know, small regions of your mind because a lot of times, I think that's um, society and media trying to downplay um, HBCUs. So I definitely recommend HBCUs. Like my, I have two daughters. Um, I both want to, I want them to both go to Xavier. I'm a little biased, of course. Um, my oldest wants to be a choreographer, and uh, Xavier's also great in liberal arts. And um, my youngest wants to be a um, plastic surgeon, and she wants to go to Harvard. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can go to Xavier for undergrad. You can go to Harvard for medical school. I mean, that's that's how serious it is. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to have your base first to let you know that you are great and that you are special and that you are intelligent and that you can handle everything. Um, and it's like that confidence that they gave me um, to go out into the world. So I definitely want her and them to both have that um, that knowing that um, they are excellent. I, and I agree. Um, I, you know, the the advantage of me going to school where I went to school and and by where I don't necessarily mean the school I mean here in Atlanta um, and having the background of having Clark and Morris Brown 
and Spellman and Morehouse here um, all the time. And then having been affiliated with them in, in lots of different capacities as a, um, as a young, uh, young person, um, I felt that, you know, I was able to really understand um, who I was and, and, and understand my worth. Um, yes. So, you know, like I said, I, I really, I really support HBCUs. I really wanted my daughter to attend one. Um, you know, it, just, it didn't work out that way um, because of scholarships. Um, so, you know, the, 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 big, the big PWI gave her all the funds um, mm -hmm, to cover mm -hmm. almost everything. So that's where we went. Um, but um, she's fairly confident, but she's also grounded. So that's the part that really, um, that's, that's the part that I worried about, just, you know, sort of losing yourself at someplace so big. And that, of course, was not made for you, <laughs> was not made with you in mind. It was not. However, there are um, uh, affiliated clubs and groups there, you know, of course, that give support to each other. So yeah. from what I understand. So yeah, that's a good way. There, there, there are. Okay, so after um, after undergrad, you went to life. Is that where you went? Yes, that's correct. Yes, correct. Life University. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, and you've already told us one of those experiences. Was it like that um, throughout your time there? Um, when I was at Life, um, my class was the largest class of African Americans coming in, and uh, they weren't ready for that. Mm -hmm. um, and we uh, made them ready. <laughs> I don't know if I was to say that. We got them ready um, because there were, there were a lot of, there was a lot of, um, racism that was going on at that time um and we weren't used to that i wasn't used to that you know i'm from detroit to new orleans to atlanta and this is the chocolate city i'm like, like uh what what, what? <laughs> like what's going on oh but it was a it was a doctor program so that was that was the difference and so um luckily there were some professors there who recognized it were not happy with it and worked to change it so um, that was the, an eye-opening experience for me because, and, you know, it reminded me I'm still in the South, you know, I'm yeah. still in the South. So um, what that also did was it bonded a lot of us together so that we had study groups and, and um, if we got a hold of a former text, so we'll know what's on it, so we know what to study and, and uh, did review sessions and things like that. So um, I was able to um, turn that into a positive where, you know, we bonded together and um, worked against it so that the people that were coming after us would have a better experience than we did. And that was important too, because um, typically in um, a lot of fields, all you see are white males. Um, so a black female, it's like I tell people all the time, I'm a triple minority, I'm a black female doctor. You know, people see the female, they're like, oh yes, you're black. Oh yeah, you're a doctor. Yes, I am, you know, so, um, and, Interestingly enough, it took me a while to step into that role as a doctor. I became a doctor at 25 years old. And I, one of the first uh, positions that I had as an associate, um, I was just, um, I was taking care of business. I wasn't talking with the patient, but I was on the phone or something. And the biller there heard me and she's like, what are you doing? And so after I got the phone, I said, what are you talking about? She said, I didn't hear you address yourself as Dr. Holmes. All I heard was Candace Holmes. You are a doctor. You need to step into the house. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, you know, like, okay. I mean, she was hot. You know, she was hot about it. And um, we still keep in contact today. And um, that is something that I, I had to step into. And it's not about bragging. It's just about um, 
having people respect the title that you earned. You know, uh, was it less than 10% of the population have that title? And so- I had not thought, you know, honestly, I had not thought of myself in that way in a long time. Um, you know, I have, I have a doctorate. Um, and, and so I, I have had those experiences where I have, you know, somebody had to pull my coattail and like, you know, listen, you have this, you earned it. I had no doubt about it. So when you walk into spaces, be that, you know, and oh, you have to own it. Um, and at first, I, you know, like I was much like you, I kind of, yeah, okay, what, you know, you know, it was like one of those, ah, I don't want to be braggy. I don't want to be, you know, all of that. Because, um, of course, we were taught that, like, you, you know, you just sort of have what you have, you go on, you do what you do, um, you know, whatever, like, you we're not, I'm not in that business, right? But at the same time, when um, I had a, um, when I was at uh, the college, I had a lady, um, one of the the um she's administrator and she pulled me to the side and i mean when i tell you she read me read me um because i'm in this meeting and it's like the president's council i didn't know what the president council was i think i'd only been at the college for like two years or something right i had never been invited to the president's council i didn't know <laughs> okay what you know so I'm in there and I'm you know talking about the work my students were doing so on and so forth and after the meeting she was so mad at me because she was like you didn't take credit for anything that you did in there like I get it you want to give the students everything but they wouldn't have done that if you weren't in place and then you didn't address yourself you know the right way blah 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 I mean just read me down one side up the other up the, yep. and I had to be like yes ma'am mm -hmm. <laughs> Because I didn't read it like, okay, who's this old person talking to me? It was more like, oh, she's trying to tell me something. And she was so mad because she was like, we don't get these this audience all the time, right? They, they, they purposely don't give us these audiences all the time. Here you are, you have the audience, and you coming in here meek and mild, um, you know, said, when I need you to be like, hear me, see me, this is yes. who I am. So yes. I I appreciated that, and I have been intentional about doing that um, since then. And so I I appreciate hearing you say that. Yes, I I, um, I moved back down here in 2008 down to Atlanta. Um, that's when the recession was happening, and I was not getting a position as a chiropractor, and I was not understanding what was going on until I realized you know the recession was happening. And so I worked as a substitute teacher. And I was um, not addressing myself as Dr. Holmes uh, in front of the students because I'm like, well, this isn't my field. So, you know, the doctor doesn't even matter. And um, an assistant principal who was a story sister of mine who also has a doctorate in education was like, um, you are Dr. Holmes. Uh, from what I understand, Ms. Holmes or Mrs. Holmes is your mom. So from here on out, you'll be addressing yourself as Dr. Holmes. You'll be writing Dr. Holmes on the board. And, and I did that and I was like, she, she's right. Just because I'm not in my field doesn't take what I earned away, you know. So um, we are reared to, to be meek and mild and to be humble. And God has given us gifts, uh, talents, abilities, expertise to um, get to that level, to attain that that uh, degree. And so it's nothing but, in my um, opinion, glorifying God for how far He's brought me, you know, yeah. because it's a title that most people don't have. My my ex husband would say um, because my degree is DC. And most people don't know what DC is. And he said, people don't know what DC is, but they know what DR means. And I said, 
<laughs> you're right. You're right. So um, that doesn't mean that, you know, better than anybody, worse than anybody. It just means that I've gone to school. I've, I've earned this this title. And there it is. You know, I, and I try it. to help others. That's, that's all. You got a fan in me. That's all. <laughs> no, listen, listen. I just know ears perk up when, when they hear that. And I've had, when I was in school, in chiropractic school, they said, you have some people who are used to you being just Candace, you know, and so they want to call you Candace in front of patients. How do you address that? And I, and I didn't know. I said, well, they offer, you can just say, call you call me doc, or you call me Dr. Candace, you know, but you're not just going to call me Candace because that's, that's disrespectful. You know, you call your dentist doctor, you call your uh, eye doctor doctor, you know, your medical doctor doctor, same, same thing. So... I, I learned and yeah. I'm doing much better now than I was years ago. So I'm it does take a while to, um, to get used to it. But once you do, it's like, you know what? Hey, it is it's it, 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 it <laughs> one of those things where it's like, if you have someone who doesn't, who insists, like I had a boss once who, um, after I got my doctorate, just refused, refused to call me, um, Dr. Anderson. Okay. So it, it took Were they doctors too? That's my question. Did they have their doctor? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's why they refused. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I knew that. But I was like, well, I'm not going to cower before you because that is your problem and not mine. So we would be we would be in meetings together and she would say, you know, Natasha, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'd be like, hi, I'm Dr. Anderson. Right. So, you know, like, don't don't try it. Right. You know, she's she's blatantly being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. um, And because we are professionals, I will be the professional one Mm -hmm. and let her let her stew in that. Always, always. (laughs) And and we and we and we owe that to the world so that, again, the people that are coming behind us don't have those kind of uh, challenges and and strikes. Because it's um, just just being a male dominated uh, industry. You know, most most industries are, you know, except for, I think, education. they're not used to a lot of things. And so I always say, if they need to learn something, let me be the one to teach them. You know, I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, you're So we're always in teaching mode. Anyway. Always. Um, and learning, you know, and learning. Yeah. So, so okay. So you made it through life, mm-hmm. um, life university for people, not yes. life. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Just please put the university after that. Everybody's in life, but life university is a little bit different. <laughs> All right. So then what was your next step after that? So um, at like, so my original, um, what I wanted to be, I wanted to go to sports medicine. Um, I am a former athlete, high school athlete. I played softball and basketball in high school. And I was actually, my class is a female athlete. And so I wanted to continue on in that vein. And when I was at um, uh, Xavier, I um, the valedictorian of the class a couple of, of uh, years ahead of us was at Johns Hopkins Medical School. And he came back to speak with us. And he said, you know, he barely eats. He's not sleeping. His mom comes over, cooks. His dad does his laundry. And I'm thinking, whoa, you're a 4.0 and I'm a 3.5. I said, eventually I want to get married and have children. I said, that's not going to work. And so I looked up chiropractic in the, um, in uh, one of the, at the library, actually, to see what the qualifications are. And so they were free, like, Wow, you know, I didn't like to take drugs even when I was younger. I would have horrible cramping uh, pains from uh, my menstrual period. And I was like, I don't know why you don't just take some pamphlet and some vinyl. You know, why are you over here suffering? And I always said, you know, mom, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, I'll be fine the next day. So I, I even had an aversion to medicine early on. So that was a natural fit for me. So then after I left uh, life, I ended up 
meeting my ex-husband, uh, well, husband at the time, he was, I went to life as well. Um, he got, he finished his undergraduate degree there. And so moved to um, Ohio, I uh, practiced there, moved to Kentucky, practiced there, then got divorced, went home to Michigan, healed, and then came back to Georgia because this is where I was the happiest. Um, we had two children. My um, oldest child was diagnosed with ADHD at seven years old. And I was in um, denial because in our community, uh, there is no ADHD there, so you need to discipline her more. And I am a strict disciplinarian, so um, that wasn't changing anything. And so um, while I was uh, substitute teaching, one of the teachers was telling me that, you know, my daughter couldn't help if she had ADHD. I'm like, oh, yes, she can. She can help her. She said, no, she can't. I said, yes, she can. No, she can't. Well, um, came to find out through a chiropractic publication um, that she can't help it. Um, that's how I started doing uh, neuro offering neurofeedback therapy. Um, there was an advertisement that said that there's this therapy that helps people with ADHD, um, anxiety, depression, autism. And it was drug-free and it had results that lasted up to 30 years. And I'm like, where is that? What, what, what are you talking about? And so that's when I um, called and found out that the co-founder of BrainCore is a former professor of mine from Life University. And so he was looking for a solution for his nephew who was diagnosed with autism and um, called them, uh, um, got some more information on it, went to uh, BrainCore Systems, um, got my training, decided to buy the unit and brought it back here just for my daughter. I really didn't care about anybody else. I was being selfish. Um, and uh, my daughter wasn't focused in school. She was struggling academically. She um, it was taking about five hours each night to finish homework. And she uh, was socially awkward. So those are all not so great combinations. And so she had, she was like that. And then my youngest daughter is getting and accelerated. So I literally have yin and yang. And, you know, being divorced, a uh, single parent, that was a challenge because I'm working all day and then I come home and I have to help her with homework for five hours. You know, so we're up to midnight every night. So it's exhausting. So started her with the neurofeedback and she, um, was no longer uh, socially awkward. She's a social butterfly. Like she's tried out for the step team in high school, made the step team as front and center. And she always gets complimented on how, how lively she is because it's, it's she's music is her. That's her outlet. That's her happy place. Mm -hmm. um, her teachers even will come up to me, you know, at a game and would say, oh my gosh, that's wow, you know. Um, and then she was no longer struggling in school. She is taking um, honors physics right now. I mean, I didn't take honors physics. I said, you go. Um, and it takes her about two hours a night to do homework as opposed to five. And um, it's and then as far as uh, being uh, attentive, she's the most focused in class, according to her educators. And you know, when we go to the um, parent-teacher conferences, like, oh my gosh, no, she she gets other kids back on task. And I'm like, wow, you know, my mother-in-law even called me. I still call my mother-in-law, <clears throat> even though I'm divorced. And she just called. She said, wow, she's just blossomed into herself. She's just like, you know, on fire. And I said, yeah, that's, you know, thank God for your feedback because it, it totally changed everyone in, in my house, their, all, all our lives. You know, my, my youngest daughter even said, mom, you don't even yell at her like you used to, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I was frustrated, you know. So I'm just thankful for that. And, and my whole goal is just to educate people on, on it and the benefits because a lot of people don't know about it. It's been around for over 45 years. So I, I that's love just the, the challenge. I love the idea of it. And I love what you said about um ADHD in our community is just it's it, there's two things that I see happening um in full disclosure for anybody who's listening is that um, my son it has a ADHD 
Um, and I know this struggle. I know this struggle. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. Personal, personal level. Mm-hmm. And so, and how hard it was for a my husband to understand it because he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. This is some hocus pocus stuff that they just want to take our money and have this kid on medicine, right? They just want to medicate yep. my kid." And you know, and I had to really tell him. I was like, "Well, first off, if you don't believe them, you know, okay, that's okay. You're entitled." But I was like, "Do you really think that I, as his mother, want to have him on medication for his the rest of his life? Like, does that even sound remotely like who it is you married? Like, you know, you know me. So it's like mm-hmm. if I'm saying to you, there's something, there's something up. There's um, there's there's something that we." we can't handle, don't know how to handle, um, that's beyond us, I think you should accept that, you know, and so it took him a while before he finally got there, and then having to explain that to Kendall, because of course it's like, well, why why all of a sudden do I have to take this pill, I'm having to, you know, do these things, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, so we, and we've decided, you know, we're going to tell our kids the truth, we're not going to hide anything, so we did, um, and so that's helped him understand and he's done his own research on it. Um, and now, you know, things are, things are things. I'll just say that. Yes. I'm working on some other things. So anything that can help um, erase the stigma behind it, yes. Yes. Um, anything that can help our kids that doesn't include medicine, um, I'm for. You know, um, one thing that someone mentioned to me was um, because I, I didn't want her to be labeled didn't want the stigma, didn't want to do an IEP, didn't want any of that, you know. When mm-hmm. In our community, we're, we're taught that that's like a negative thing as well. Um, and it's not. It's what someone said. It says, so if um, your child was blind, you would deny them Braille, learning how, how to read in Braille. Right. right. You know, and I was like, oh, you know, I see a, a, a different manifestation of a challenge. You know, people see differently. You know, this ADHD, you can't, you can't touch it. You know, you can't. Um, uh, it, it's, see it. it's such a wide. You can't see it. There, there, it's a, a wide spectrum. You know, there, there's they call it a spectrum because you can be anywhere on that spectrum, from the low to the high. You know, right. low functioning, highly functioning. And so, um, my my ex husband was the one who was like, you know, encouraging me because I'm thinking I did something wrong. You know, I had guilt, mom guilt. You know, because mm-hmm. you know she, she was I was 36 weeks and seven and five days when she was born. I was you know she was four four pounds ten point eight ounces. I'm like you know it was all my fault. I was stressed out. You know and I, I was just it was all my. And he's like no. He says nothing you did or didn't do. You know how healthy you eat. You know how much you exercise. You know he was just and I really am thankful that he did that for me because I was just like blaming myself. Like where did I go wrong? You know so. And it's nothing that you did or didn't do, you know. Typically, there's a, a hereditary component, and so if people will address these um, challenges in their family, they'll understand. Because I went through my family side, and nobody said anything, so no, nothing. And then I happened to speak to my ex-husband's cousin. He, she said, "Well," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." You know, so they get this honestly. It's not something that they just, I, you know, kids don't choose to be different, quote unquote. You know, they don't choose to learn differently. They don't. They don't want that. They want to be like everybody else. And of course, I love that. I love everybody is. Well, I love the idea that you you've taken this on, and it seems to be from what I know of you to be something that you are very, very into and passionate about. Um, and and I know it's because you've seen firsthand the results of it, and you can't beat that. You just can't. No. Beat that. You can't. I, I, you know, I just, you don't have to suffer. That's why I tell people, you, you don't have to suffer. I mean, I, <laughs> I just wish I found out about it earlier, you know, when she was first diagnosed, <laughs> you know, because that much further along, but you know, everything happens at its own time. I had to accept that too. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just, just so, it. so tell me where, okay, so tell my listeners where they can get in contact with you, where they can find you. I'm going sure. to put this in the show notes um, for the audience so you guys will have it, but want her to say it out loud just in case you guys are listening and want to sure. contact her right now. I have a digital business card. And so the best way to get in contact with me is to text the word FOCUS to 21000. So that's FOCUS to 21000, and you'll get everything that you need to get in contact with me, offer complimentary consultations. Um, there's my website on there, every other thing that you, get, you can imagine, um, ways to get in contact with me is on that. So say it again for the audience, just in case they missed it. Sure. Text FOCUS, the word FOCUS, F-O-C-U-S, to 21000 on your cell phone and you'll get a link to my digital business card and you can get in contact with me that way. Love it. Okay, audience, y'all, if you know someone, if it's your child or if it's you, um, get in contact, text FOCUS to 21000 and you'll get all of her information. You, you're going to want to check this out, I promise you. And it is for children and adults. I just wanted to say that too. Some people think it's just for children. I have adults who have you know, memory issues, insomnia, migraines, um, fibromyalgia, um, PTSD. I mean, everything begins in the brain. Just yeah. everything begins in the brain. So, I love that. I think that's going to be my quote of the week. Everything begins in the brain. <laughs> yes. It's what I do helps to rewire the brain so that it functions more efficiently. So, um, And then you don't have to have a diagnosis to come see me. And it's also for peak brain performance. So my youngest daughter is gifted and accelerated. So I use that to elevate uh, her brain. So those people who may be taking the MCATs or the LSATs or ACTSAT, GRE, uh, who want to um, try to get that scholarship to go to college, you know, and, and earn a higher um, score on their ACTs or SATs, that's a great way to start. And that's another thing too I wanted to throw in. Um, as far as scholarship opportunities are concerned, Check and see where, what number you need to achieve on those ACTs and SATs in order to get some type of funding from the school that you're trying to go to. Um, that's the first step. I mean, I took the ACT three times to get the score that I needed to get a scholarship. So, yeah. you know, taking it more than once, there's no shame in that. You know, people do it all the time. You do what you have to do to, to get the money for them to, to help you. So, no shame. All right. One last thing before we go. This is the, this is the last question that I ask every guest. If you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? Um, first piece of advice is uh, to keep believing in yourself. Because um, a lot of people out there will try to be your dream killer and tell you that you can't do what you, what you know you can. Um, another thing in college, uh, don't go overboard with the credit cards. Everywhere you go, they're trying to get you to Sign up for a credit card for 10% off. It's not worth it. You need a great credit score to get loans from banks and everything later when you decide to open up your own business, if that's what you want to do. Um, and just to um, have a great circle of friends because you are um, the company you keep. And so just make sure you surround yourself with people who are encouraging and who are actually doing something because if you're around people who are not doing anything, that's what you'll end up doing. And that's a horrible place to be. I love it. I love all of all of that. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Holmes, for just agreeing to be a guest on on today's show. Um, for my audience, um, you guys are going to just if you if you know of anyone, please contact her. Um, I can't I can't thank you enough. 
Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, thank you for having me. I just wanted to add that um, you don't have to be in Atlanta or Georgia even to um, uh, have the therapy that I offer. I'm able to um, help people all over the nation. So um, just keep that in mind as well, because we have a lot of family members that don't live in Georgia. So awesome. and friends too. Awesome. That's great information. All right. Um, so again, you guys, um, as I say at the end of every episode, please, you guys keep yourselves safe. Um, as we are going through what we're going through currently. And until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stimming in Stilettos.